Hey, welcome to Doing Life with Ken and Tabitha. We are so pumped that you're tuning into this podcast. It has been designed for people just like you. We want to do life with you, share our wins, our defeats, our ups and our downs in hopes that you'll grow closer to God and to the people that you love in your life. Sit back and enjoy today's podcast. Hello, hello. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our um, show today. I am Ken. This is Tabitha. And we are the host of Doing Life with Ken and Tabitha. We are so pumped that you are here. And we're excited about the information and the content that we have for you today. Sweetheart, are you ready for this week? I am ready. Yeah, I feel like there's some special people that are tuning in, maybe Uh even for the first time this week. And so if this is your first time tuning in to our podcast, we just say welcome. We don't believe you're here by an accident. We pray God send people just like you that would love to do life with us as we share the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. And our hope is simple, that you will grow closer to God and closer to the people that God has placed in your life. Mm -hmm. If you enjoy today, leave us a review, um, email us, let us know. Actually, um, we're going to be going through question and answer today. So every once in a while, we do a special podcast called Ask Ken and Tabitha, where we just simply go through your questions that's come in and she doesn't see them. I don't see them. We just read them and we just allow um, what God's put in our heart to kind of come up and answer them the best we can. We hope we don't jack it up, but we're going (laughs) to give you the best that we possibly can. So if you have questions about anything, about the Bible, about relationship, about marriage, um, I think the email address is in the show notes. It's info at mylifechurch.org. We would love to get your question that we can answer it at some point in a future podcast. But if you're ready, say I'm ready. Ready. How you feeling today? Feeling good. Now, so you got your Pio shirt on. Uh-huh. Okay. I am, I can, I will. This is a women's ministry that Tabitha has here. Pio woman. In Orlando, Florida. If you're a woman, they do Pio nights for women. It's a women empowerment zone, man. Every August and every February. So if you want to come in, yeah. see Mickey, but more importantly, meet the master Jesus, come, uh, on. come on, hang out with us here at uh, Pio Women. So it. we're going to jump into the questions today. All right. Drum roll. Ooh. All right. These are juicy ones. I'm sure they are. Here they go. Let's see. All right. Sweetie, you ready? Okay. How do I get the man to open up in a relationship? Mm. That's a simple one. I feel like that's a question for you, Mr. Man. How to get the man to open up? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. How do you get them to open up in the relationship? Well, I guess it depends on what kind of relationship you have. Um, I'm going to assume that you're married. Okay. Um, If you're not married, I think some of the principles will apply, but some of the intimacy Mm -hmm. might need to be saved for the marriage. Um, But I don't know. I think that if if you've been together for a while, you're headed towards marriage. When it comes to communication... You should be talking. Yeah, you should be pretty yeah. open in your communication yeah, before yeah, yeah, you yeah. get married, okay, and so then I'll you don't have back. to have this question yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> after you're married. Yeah. Matter of fact, I think many people are, I would say, humping when they should be communicating, but I don't know if that's appropriate. Mm, you but, said it. Um, I feel like... I would pe- consider it a red flag <clears throat> if you're not married uh-huh. and he doesn't open up uh-huh. and you don't know how to get him to open up. Yeah. That's a red flag. That's a red flag. That's probably not someone that's ready for marriage yet. Right. Because I don't know what percentage would you say of marriage is based upon just knowing how to communicate with each other. Ooh, a lot. A lot of it. A lot of like it. Like most of it. I mean, even when it comes to sex, the physical part, we need to communicate a lot about sex. Yeah. To really have good sex. 
And I just don't feel like people have taken enough classes on the art of communication Mm -hmm. to really know how to communicate because it's not just talking. It's also Mm -hmm. listening. Communication is not like I need to be heard. It's all, it's also, I need to hear you. Yeah. So it's like talk. It's actually more listening than it is talking. Mm -hmm. So anyway, a person who shuts down and they are unable to even take that step, they're probably not ready for this um, communication lifestyle called marriage. So the question is, how do you get the man to open up? Because I feel like Uh that's not something that I can get you to do. You know, you can through relationship and through you opening up to me in the first place so that I can prove to you that you can trust me, Mm -hmm. you know, with what you give me. um, I can't make you open up. Yep. You can't make him open up, but you can try to have a conversation with him about opening up. Mm -hmm. And if you can get him to realize that he does have a problem communicating feelings and he has a problem opening up, Mm -hmm. then you can together start to share with him principles, whether it's through counseling or whether it's through books or whether it's even online to help him understand the principles of what he has to do to open up. Mm -hmm. And so how do you get him to open up? Um, If you're married and he's just shut down, I would say it has to start with prayer. I mean, you can't run out of the relationship because he's not talking. So you need God to intervene and soften his heart. And then hopefully when you do sit down and have a conversation, you can come wise, meaning at the right time in the right atmosphere and say, sweetheart, you're doing this great, this great and this great. But if I was to give you one thing to work on, it's just I don't feel like you open up and you share with me what's going Mm -hmm. on in your world or you share. And I just want to be able to pray with you. I want to be able to stand with you and I want to be in the know. And so and then I would ask a bunch of probing questions. What can we do so that you can talk with me more? Yes. Or what? Why don't you open up to me on a scale of one to 10? How much do you feel like you open up to me? Because that brother might feel like he talking all the time. He might be like, well, I feel like I'm a nine. And you're like, man, you never tell me anything. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to get on each other's scale. <laughs> and then um, and then once you've uh, identified those things and there's been some agreement that this is a problem, then we can move forward to the actual tools that he will need to actually communicate what's going on in his world. Yeah. Sometimes it's just fear. Sometimes it's insecurity. Sometimes he's scared because men have emotions. It's just he motions. And sometimes I think I think men are even more emotional than women. We just don't maybe cry it out or, and show it to you like that. But we deal with real emotions. And wow. so um, it's not healthy that he c- continues not to, to, to talk. But a lot of guys have not been taught how to talk. So they bottle everything up. And so then he'll need to learn skills to be able to share. You good with that? I'm good with that. Let's go to number two. Would love to know your opinion on how to help a friend find Jesus again after having a huge fallout caused by church hurt. Oh, man. Mm. Um, I see. Probably. I mean, I think we've known a lot of people who have had had fallout with church hurt. Uh Probably just being there for them. First of all, being that friend, Mm -hmm. like, you know, um, listening to, you know, whatever they're saying and kind of um, acknowledging that they have hurt, acknowledging that what they went through is real. Uh Um, But then also loving them and showing them that that's not the end of, you know, your church life. You know, like you got to, you know, let's pick up the pieces and let's find a church where you won't be hurt Mm -hmm. and they do exist. Yeah. Um, you know, just because you got, you know, had a bad dentist, you're not going to, you know, you're going to find another dentist, you know, and they're, they're not all bad. And so I would say the same thing with church, just be there to encourage them. I I like what you're saying. You got to be a friend to people. And hopefully if you're really friends, then Mm -hmm. you can speak into their life Mm -hmm. because Satan is using church hurt 
yeah. to rob them from something mm-hmm. and you know it and you can see it, but they can't see it. Yeah. But any friend is going to be there to help uncover the things and lead them back to truth. And so to me, when it comes to church, church, there's two different ways. And it's, it's emotional both ways for me because some part of me is like, man, I'm sorry you went through that. And I realized that it is a real thing. I realized that um, things happen in churches that are wrong and people are hurt because of them. But then on the other side, there are some things that weren't actual hurts. They're perceived hurts. Mm-hmm. And I believe that there's a whole lot of those as well. Somebody is hurt because they got removed as a small group leader. Somebody was hurt because you used to sing a lot, but now they don't use you as much. Mm-hmm. Somebody is hurt because you used to be able to park your car some here. Some hurts are offenses. But, but now you got to park your car over here. You're hurt just because um, something happened. Somebody had to correct you. Um, somebody had to rebuke you. Um, somebody had to call you out for your mm-hmm. sin. That is more of an offense. And so many times we call it church hurt, and really it's not church hurt. It's just people. You know, and we blame it on church. And I, re- I realize the, the way the reason we blame it on church is because church is the place that you think that you can come and it's going to be nothing but safety and nothing but love. And I like to let people know off top. I think we should tell people in growth track, like you're going to be offended here and you're going to meet some of the meanest, nastiest people here because this is a, a big old hospital and there's a bunch of good people yep. here. But then there's going to be some mean We're people all here, coming here that, to get and they're still on. working on stuff. And what I found out is that God sometimes will let mean people come into your life because he's trying to develop something in you. And if you now take the stance that I'm writing off the whole organization or the whole unified church as church hurt, and I'm going to sit at home, or I'm not going to do the church thing. You're going to miss out on what being a Christian is. Actually, you are the one who needs to fight through the hurt, Mm -hmm. come back to the house, overcome evil with good, work through offenses, communicate, even be mad at somebody, but still worship together because I'm going to do what the Bible says more mm-hmm. than how I feel. Mm-hmm. And so be a friend to them mm-hmm. and help them find that truth. Here's the third question. It's been this topic on TikTok floating around to pray before you before you have sex um, within marriage. Hmm. Um, is this a thing? If so, why wasn't it talked about? Why isn't it talked about? So pray before you have sex. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I haven't heard of this. Uh Um, I don't know of any Bible command that's telling you to pray before you have sex. I mean, pray all the time, pray without ceasing. So yeah, if you want to pray before sex, I think that's fine. And if you don't, I think that's fine as well, Uh but I don't, yeah, I I don't see it hurting. Yeah. Just because something's (laughs) on TikTok or social media or picked up some speed. Um, always just cross-reference what you have with God's word. Yeah. And then there's things that's like a cool principle. If you want to do it, do it. But then don't get mad if other people don't want to do it because it's nothing that you'll find in Scripture. Oh, you have to pray before you have sex. And so I don't know. I do believe that God wants to be a part of everything that we do. Mm-hmm. I was in prayer the other day, and I heard the sweet, the, su- the sweet voice of the Lord say, I was kneeling down, and I got up, and I was leaving out for my day. And he said, take me with you. Mm. And it's just amazing because you would almost feel like, well, I had my time of prayer. I had my 30 minutes. I had my hour of prayer. And the Lord is like, no, I want to, I want you to talk to me all day long. Yeah. In that sense, I get it. In the other sense, it's a tad like uh spiritual. It's like, we're about to have sex. Like what are we going to do here? We're going to get down on our knees. We're going to fast and pray for this moment. So I, I, I you know, I, if it's a thing, if that's what you want to do and your spouse, go ahead and do it. But I don't think it's something that you have to do. 
I mean, but hey, if you have It's kind of funny to me. It, it, I'm, like, yeah, well, I'm hey, not listen. being disrespectful, but I'm like, ha ha. Hey, I do yeah, ask like, the Lord to help funny. me though. I was like, well, what's she like? <laughs> that's too much information. But what I'm saying, I feel like if he know you and I want to, you know, help you out and help you like, okay, Lord, tell, go tell, ahead and pray. Yeah. Man. Yeah. But I ain't like having a prayer session where we getting on knees and like gr- breaking out scripture. But I'm like, you know, hey, I need. The heart behind the I'm on podcast is storytelling because every mom has a story to tell. I know that when I talk to my friends who are parenting and we share stories, we all end up feeling less alone and more capable of loving our kids well. You can find information everywhere on the internet. Some is bad parenting advice and some is pretty wise. We like to think there's a lot of wisdom on imom.com. And when you combine that signature wisdom with a great story, it brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the iMom podcast with new episodes every Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Who gave us this question? (laughs) It's a real question. I love it. I love it. Here's the fourth one. I truly miss my church home. However, when COVID came along, I did not agree on how they handled it. And while I love the extra activities they provide through the year, I think they could do more in the community and provide resources. How do I navigate through that without placing judgment? Because I feel conflicted. Mm. Mm. So, that's an interesting question. Good question. Interesting. You want to jump on that one? Um, I don't know if I have a lot to say about it. But, oh, I've got tons. Of um, <laughs> yeah, I think that it just depends on what you're, you know, how you view the church and what it is. For That's me, I view is. the church as this is a spiritual hospital. Yeah. I am, as a pastor, I am um, responsible for the mm-hmm. spiritual aspect of your life. Yeah. Like I teach you the word of God. I teach you spirit. Right. And um, if you need, um, you know, <laughs> it's kind of, it crosses, I was getting ready to say like, so for for your for your spirit being uh you know spirit and soul i'm there uh-huh. i was thinking of a doctor if you you know if you need healing well you can come to me too because i'm gonna lay hands on you we're gonna pray for your healing you know what i mean i mean but at the same but, time we do take care of the community we i do. mean every church does different there, things yeah that's what i mean so you just, take care of the poor there's take care a little of the bit of we yeah that. we have outreach mm-hmm. we, we have community programs and we do all of that and <laughs> so um i think that each each church is going to be unique in their mission uh-huh. and in what the expression that God's The Lord called. just gave me a word for this person. Yeah, go he ahead. He says, go back to church. You say, I, I truly miss my church home. Go home. Go home. You need to go home. Mm-hmm. See, whoever this person is in whatever church they go to, that's the word of the Lord. You need mm-hmm. to go home. I didn't and, get that and, part. No, so they, they said, they I truly miss my church home. However, when COVID came along, I didn't agree on certain things. Uh, go home. You need to go home and you need to go home with yeah. a humble heart. You need yeah. to go home with a pure heart and say, what can I do to help the vision of this house? Here's a warning. Because many times when it comes to church, we have a vision that's mm-hmm. different than the vision of the house. Mm-hmm. And I get it because we all have different anointings and we have different things that we're passionate about. But if you are super passionate about reaching people in the community, feeding people, if your church doesn't do that, why don't you go humbly and say, you know what? I would love to start this feeding program. I would love to start a small group and get some people together that has yeah. this passion and represent my church out there in the street. Go make some sandwiches and feed people. That's probably a lot more healthy than you getting upset at what your church is, is and is not doing. Because the church is nothing but a collection of imperfect people that are called by God and anointed by God. 
but every church has a different assignment. Mm -hmm. So for us, I know the amount of money that we spend around the world and how we do serve Saturdays. And for some people will come here and they'd be like, oh my God, you guys do so much. You don't Mm -hmm. even understand the care points in South Africa and our missions trip to Dominican Republic and what we do at the Dream Center. And the list goes on and on. But then another person will come and say, y'all don't do anything. Right. And compared to what I want us to do Mm -hmm. or compared to the church that I used to go to and they do this. And then this sister's right. You're getting over into judgment. And now you are looking at your church and you are minimizing them and all of the, maybe that's not their strong suit, or maybe they're not even called to do that, or maybe they're not even resourced to do that. So my word of encouragement to anybody would be, instead of being a part of the problem, be a part of the solution and go with a humble heart and just say, I'm here. This is what I'm passionate about. If you want to start it this month, I'm here. If you want to start it in five years, I'm here. This is my church home. And when it comes to, I think this person here has some things they don't agree. They don't agree with COVID. They don't agree with this, that, and the other. How can two walk together unless they agree? Yeah. I'm not saying that we have to see everything, but like, I guess what I'm suggesting is that what if you submit to the spirit of the house yeah. and the leader of that house? And instead of it being like, well, I think this and you think that, that's how all church splits start. Mm -hmm. No, God has given a vision to a leader and he's communicating that vision. If you're called there, you can kind of undergird it and get behind it. And listen, we... I started, I didn't, I didn't go and ask for popular opinion when it came to COVID or when it was time to open the house of the Lord. I could not. The news media was telling us to do this and sister so-and-so wanted us to do this and brother so-and-so was mad at at this Mm -hmm. and somebody thought we should have never closed. Somebody thought we still shouldn't be open today, five years later. Listen, it's our job to go to God and say, God, you've given me shepherding responsibility over this flock. What saith you? And we're going to open the church then. And so that's what I think about that. Anything else on that? No, I'm not going to add to it. That was good. Number five, God revealed my husband to me this time last year, and now we are developing a friendship. How do I steward the waiting process now that I'm in contact with him? Fantasizing, overthinking about the future, et cetera. I don't know what to say about that one. Um, I'm always very careful when someone says that God revealed my husband or wife um, not to um, say that they didn't hear from God or not. It just hasn't been my experience, and I've seen a lot of people be wrong about it. And so it's just something that's really careful. You just have to be so careful about. Um, Okay, what you're saying is true in the aspect of the history that we've had pastoring for 16 years when people say hey god show me this is my wife or husband it usually gets weird okay but at the same time god told me that she was going to be my wife yeah. before i even met her and so i'm chilling with a guy an african exchange student in college and we're driving in a car up um up a street in, in morgantown west virginia and i looked at him i said she's gonna be my wife one day and I ain't go to church. I ain't know. I just knew it. I knew that that's what the Lord said. And 24 years later, so I ain't gonna hate on you too much. But you got to take the other thing as well in balance. But th- yeah, I, I would say this. This, this if, if I'm talking to you like a daughter, mm-hmm. like a spiritual mm-hmm. daughter, I would say if God showed you that, be very wise about when you tell him. You might not even need to tell him that. Just let it naturally happen. The whole fantasizing, overthinking, don't. Just be friends, be friends and let the natural progression of your relationship happen. Because if if it's God's word, it's not going to fail. It's not going to like go away because you didn't press it or you wasn't dressed cute enough one day. But uh, if you tell a dude that who ain't there yet, you're going to scare that guy. 
you know, somebody come telling me and we just friends and we just you starting said. to meet. I don't know. I just be like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. When girls will come on to me too strong, it scared me. It scared me. Let me do that. That's I just think me. for a woman as well, like, you know, if a guy come, you know, like you're in date one and he says, God says you're going to, you know, be my wife. She, you know, she's going to be I mean, like, church people do weird stuff, but not me. I'd be like, I just play it cool. Well, God's I mean, going to nice tell me first and talk. Yeah. But like, OK, let's see. Mm-hmm. Let's let it unfold. Mm-hmm. And that even for you, mm-hmm. the Lord told me that a year before we met. And I would see you out at the clubs and party dancing with your little sorority friends and all that kind of stuff. And I just stayed away. I see you come and go the other way because it wasn't time yet. You are just a mess. It wasn't time yet. It was all about the seasons, man. She was engaged to some other dude. I need to let that die. And so I wasn't pressed, man. I'm in college. I'm like, I think the Lord spoke that to me. I might have been my freshman year. We didn't meet until the second semester of my sophomore year. I'm a freshman. I ain't going to you telling you about that. Like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I wouldn't even even walk up to you. I waited a whole year before I even approached you. And I had that in my heart the whole time. I knew you was going to be mine. That's funny. That's crazy, ain't it? I'm glad you did that right, baby. Man, I ain't know nothing about the Lord, but he even ordered my stuff like, for a long what? time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, number Okay, six. we hope that helps. My question is, is this. If you and your spouse are God-first believers, is it wrong for one of us to listen to what is called secular music? Yes, we believe in guarding our ears. We're not talking about rap that speaks on violence, drugs, or any wrongdoing. We're referring to music like R&B, pop and jazz, examples like Anita Baker, Luther Vandross, New Edition, Elton John. You mean my wife's playlist? I mean Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> oh, You want to answer that? Go ahead, girl. I mean, I don't see the problem with it. Uh-huh. You know, if God didn't tell you no. Um, I listen to secular music. Um, not all the time, but I listen to it, um, especially Christmas music. I love Christmas music. Um, a lot of the Christmas music is secular by secular artists. Um, I don't have a problem with it. There's some, you, you know, there's sometimes, I mean, yeah, there's, I can't listen to the profanity. Um, I know, like, I grew up in the Biggie, Tupac, you know, era. And, um, you know, every once in a while I'll get excited cause I'll be, you know, flicking through the radio stations and I hear a Biggie song and I'm like, yes, I'm listening to Biggie in the car. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, did he say that? What is he saying? Oh my God. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and so, yeah, I'm reminded like, oh, okay, that's why I don't listen to this. Yeah. So I think you have to go with your conviction. Uh, but I don't think there's anything wrong about what's listening to. So years ago when I first got filled with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. I would probably say, Music has been created um, for God to worship him. Mm -hmm. And I would, me personally, I remember going through a season where I threw out all of my CDs. Y'all remember CDs? I had like thousands of dollars of CDs. And when I really got on fire for God, I threw them away. And I basically listened to the word and worship for probably a two to five year period of my life. Mm -hmm. I would not take back that period for anything. I really had so much junk in the trunk that I needed to kind of, um, yeah. what is it almost, what is it like kind of um, pass it through, digest it, um, detox. detox. I had to detox the junk that was in the trunk. Here's the other side of it. I would not live my life in um, legalism because you're on a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Because if you say, I'm not going to listen to any secular music, well, do you watch movies? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they're kind of the same thing. They're entertainment. You're putting stuff in your ear gate. And then do you listen to Christian music of Christian artists who don't live right? 
Mm-hmm. Because to me, I would rather listen to somebody who's unsaved um, that's, you know, just singing something clean than somebody who is saved, but, you know, they're cheating on their spouse. So for me, I don't know if it's as much about the music other than the message of it. So, no, I do not listen to um, ungodly stuff, profanity, stuff that's so forth and so on. And I allow the Holy Spirit to say what's right or wrong. But um, actually, some of the songs from back in the day bring great joy to us, Mm -hmm. like especially you put on here New Edition. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Come on, man. And um, just there's just some songs from back in the day to me that's not ungodly. It's, you know, there's nothing in it that's bad. And it's just it reminds me of an era of middle school, high school. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a conviction about that personally. Um, But I say at the same time, you'd be very careful. If that's what God tells you, don't do it. Yeah. But if you feel a green light to do it, well, well, then do it and, and try not to place those judgments on other people too much. And so and, and every once in a while in church, we'll also bring like something that's secular that's kind of dope. You know, I remember we did a series last year and it was like um, mixtape and they were basically taking music that was popular and then preaching out of it. Kind of like some pre- pastors do like at the movies, they'll take mm-hmm. a popular movie, then they'll preach out of it, a gospel mm-hmm. or something. And we did that. And I was on sabbatical. I wasn't here. And some lady had some big problem because she came in and they did um, Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. And then Aaron went to teach about the basics of prayer and all, everything about prayer. But he started off with the song Living on And she got so upset. And she wasn't even here. She left when they did Living, Living on a Prayer. And to me, it's like, Chillax. I mean, have you not been to a magic or Orlando magic game? Have you not been to a, a doggone Disney Springs or any like like hold on for a second? Mm-hmm. We're just mm-hmm. using it as a parable. And to that extreme, I would say, man, you you too up, uh, you too much. Yeah. You too much. Yeah. Seventh question. Genuine question regarding the verse. Wives submit unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. I'm assuming Lord refers to God Almighty. If sin is a willful disobedience to God, would the wife then be sinning if she disobeys the husband and submission to the husband should be the same as unto the Lord God Almighty? Mm. Um, well, I love that they say genuine questions. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's sin for the woman to disobey her husband as unto the Lord, it's also sin for the man to disobey his wife as unto the Lord, because the Bible also says for husbands and wives to submit themselves to one another. And that's just a couple of verses before it says, wives, mm-hmm. submit yourself to your husbands. Mm-hmm. It says we submit one to another. Mm-hmm. So submission goes both ways. Uh-huh. Go ahead. And that's all. It's... Yeah, I think um, maybe the the asking of this question to me feels like maybe this person um, um, maybe needs a clarity on what submission is. What submission is. Because submission is not just do what I tell you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, submission is actually a position of servitude for me. So if the Bible tells you to submit to me and I'm the leader, that means that I'm the responsible one. And I cover you and I care for you and I serve you and I wash your feet. And so the Bible just doesn't say you submit to me. Um, the Bible says that we submit one to another. Mm-hmm. So most of the time, our our decisions are like mutual decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, now, every once in a while, if there's a decision that we have to make and we just have to make it in this time frame, and for some reason we don't see eye to eye, well, then as the head of the house, the leader of the house, I'll make the decision and I need you to submit to that. Just like as a pastor, mm-hmm. if I make a decision, I need my team to go along with me mm-hmm. after I've heard the counsel of everybody. In 24 years of marriage, can you remember a time where I've had to make a decision that you don't agree with? 
No. That's never happened. And so I I, I always preach mutual submission because I believe it's biblical and I believe it's safe. And so if that's the case, I don't think that the question then has as much gravity because um, it does not mean well, I said do this and you don't want to do it. So now you're sinning. That's not that's yeah. not what this yeah. what that means no, by like, submission. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pick up my shoes. No. Now you're sinning. <laughs> you're uh, sinning. No. That's definitely not what it means. Yeah. That's the way that it that it feels. So um I don't know if we didn't hit it, um, email that question in again. Here's the last one for today. And uh let's see what they got. Now this is a long one. Are y'all yeah. ready for this one? Oh wow, it is long. I've been in a long term relationship for fourteen years. We're not married. Don't have any kids, but we live together. We have investment together. Our families celebrate together. We act as if we are a married couple, but we've not even been engaged. Submission comes up a lot. There's also a lot of talk about being feminine versus masculine. I'm struggling to find advice for someone who is in a long-term relationship and wants to be married. Many of my friends are in a similar situation, and it could be from when we were younger, we would see our parents in long-term marriages sometimes unhealthy or abusive. And we process that, process that as stick in there, ride it out, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But our parents were married and then divorced. My partner and I both have divorced parents. <clears throat> After accepting Christ as my Lord and my Savior, my partner and I became celibate for six months. Then we fell back into the routine. Am I supposed to submit as a woman while dating? If a man's supposed to lead while, is a man supposed to lead while dating? I refer to a lot of marriage podcasts and everything makes sense. I want to submit and respect my man, but I'm struggling with the fact that he's not my husband. That's right, girl. You should be. <laughs> Homegirl, that's a whole lot in there. Mm-hmm. Woo, that's a lot in there. Woo, I don't know how we're going to package that. Uh, I'll let you start. Um, I would say, oh, okay. Yeah, she's, you are absolutely right, you know, to ask this question. Uh-huh. And I feel like you already know the answer. I feel like she already knows the answer that like, yeah. What do you think the answer, the answer she already knows? The, the answer is, is that, um, yes, your your parents have, you know, made mistakes and maybe not done it right and ended up in divorce. Mm-hmm. And you've seen them, you know, do certain things, but that doesn't mean that you have to. Mm-hmm. And um, no, he, you don't have to, the, the same rules don't apply if you're not married, mm-hmm. you, you know, along with the covenant relationship of marriage comes mm-hmm. these principles of God and the principles of marriage. So I don't think that she's, you know, has to adhere to anything and mm-hmm. you know, she's not in, you, you know, um, well, the problem is, is they're acting married. Well, yeah, they're that's playing, they're playing married. That's the problem. And just I'll I'll say this before you speak. So, as a woman, mm-hmm. I would like to let her know that she's worth more than that. Yeah. That she's given him all of the goods, yeah. and he has not paid the price. Mm-hmm. And so, she needs to make him. Mm-hmm pay the price she is worth far more than what he has given her and so like shut it down no you don't go you don't get anything i know situations are complicated but stop giving him the goods if he has not paid the price dropping that mic leaving that stage no it's very (laughs) yeah um first off i applaud you asking this question because you are a truth seeker and the truth, it takes humility to write the question. Yeah. And she's searching for it. I, she says, I've listened to this marriage podcast and this, and I'm looking for it. And so we love you enough that we're going to give you the truth. And I think that's why you wrote in. The truth is that you're not married, but you're living married. My advice to you would be you want to prayerfully consider either um, having a conversation about being married 
or consider moving out. That's that's really because it's not saying that you don't have to date. It's not saying y'all can't be together, but it's saying that you need to not give the appearance of evil. You got saved. Now you want to not give the appearance of evil and you want to live a life that is beyond reproach. And here's the God honest truth that if you're if you're living together, but you're not married, you there is a grace that will only come on your relationship when you say I do. Mm-hmm. Now there's a grace, but then there's also a warfare that will come on a relationship. So you need a grace to handle the warfare. And there are many people that they've basically taken matters into their own hands. Mm-hmm. And they said, I'm not going to do it God's way. We're going to live together for many reasons. My parents did this. Some I've been married before. I, I, I don't know if I want to do that again. We're married in our hearts. Mm-hmm. All of those things is still us taking matters into our own hands. Mm-hmm. Here's what I need you to hear. God's way is better than our way, and it's going to take trust, and it's going to take faith. And faith ain't faith if it doesn't have risk. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a risk that you take to go to the altar to say, I do, even though your parents did it for years and then said that they don't. But my thing for them would be, what in the world has your parents got to do with you? Right. Like, I am married to you, not C.W. or Barbara Clayton. I love my parents and they've been married over 40 years, but their marriage and our marriage is two different marriages. Right. And what your mom and dad had, um, got rest, rest of soul is not what we have. Right. And so, um, I think sometimes we do that and this person is newly saved. And so I'm so humbled and honored and thankful that they're writing in. And so I didn't expect them to know this six months ago, oh, but yeah. here's the truth. Now, the truth is that I am not looking to anybody else on the outside to kind of speak to how I obey God. And so when the Bible says flee fornication, when the Bible says um, get away from sexual immorality, he means what he says. Mm. It doesn't matter if I got to sleep on somebody's couch. It don't matter financially. If we got to split these investments up, we got to sell these things off. We're going to get it right. Or if we're ready to be married, we need to start going through premarital counseling and need to take a step towards that. And we're going to live celibate until we say I do. That will go back to your point. If you don't give them the goods, do going to have to step up. Now, if you've given them the goods, you know, do you know what goods are? I hope everybody knows what goods are, you know? Okay. If you've given him the goods, I was going to say some things coming to my mind, but ain't ready yet. Maybe next season. If you've given him the goods, that guy's mind is like, man, I'm eating good, sleeping good. Why mess up what we got? You know, I mean, I mean, what, what else do I want? Mm-hmm. Why do we have to put a ring on it and make it official? Then I mean, why, why go through that? Why we got to pay for a wedding and all that? I mean, this stuff don't even work. Let's save our money. So, because he's enjoying something that he should not be able to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Now that's not to put the responsibility on the woman. Cause I don't believe in that. I believe a man should be able to control his dog on self. Come on. It's not just the woman. It just needs to keep it locked till she get that rock. It's the man. You need right. to control your sex drive. But she wrote in. Yeah. She wrote the question and I can't talk to him. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to her mm-hmm. and for her, she has to put a lock on it and say, if you don't pay for this, you, you don't, you don't drive what you don't buy. Okay. Now what that means for our relationship, let's sit down and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Cause if you love me enough, you're going to put a ring on it. And if you do not love me that enough, enough that much, I would rather know now Yeah. after 14 years so that my next 14 years, I can be with somebody that cherishes the gift that I am. Right. I was just thinking, you know, you want someone, you know, you who's going to make that commitment to you, who when you're 60 and 70 and 80, who's going to be there, you know, with you, who's going to be raising grandchildren with you. You want someone who to share your life with. And when they won't commit to, to you after 14 years, 15 years, you know, like, are you going to be there in 20 years? Uh, Yeah. Now that they're saved, 
they probably just, I mean, why get married? Mm -hmm. If you're not saved, why get married? Especially Mm -hmm. when they saw what their Mm -hmm. parents went through. But now they're coming into new revelation. And it's like, you know, um, but then all the rest of your questions kind of fall into that. All the rest of your questions about um, masculinity versus femininity versus Mm -hmm. submission versus delegation in the house versus submission and where you're going. All of that comes under the umbrella of wife. So it's almost like, yeah, your stuff is just out of order. And I hope the Holy Spirit will use this to kind of put things back in order. And um, I pray that your relationship and your marriage and your life is blessed. And so I don't know. I think I think I kind of we kind of killed that one. Anything else on that? No, it's good. Mm hmm. Yeah. Am I supposed to submit as a woman while dating? Is a man supposed to lead while dating? Well, when we were dating, it was kind of like you were starting to trust my lead. Mm-hmm. Not like in everything, not like we had, I could have your bank account and stuff like that. But, you know, you, yes, in dating, there should be some of that, but not as much as a marriage. Yeah. So anyway, hey, I hope that you guys enjoyed that, man. We love going through you all's questions. We'd love to hear from you. And so if you have questions that you would like us to answer on the next Ask Pastor Ken and Tabitha, all you have to do is email us at info at mylifechurch.org. Of course, that email address is in our show notes. And as always, just know that you're not alone. We are praying for you. We are praying with you. We are standing for you. We are standing with you. Um, We release new content every Thursday. If you're newer to our show, hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Hit the download button on podcasts because we want you to be the first to get the content. We're going to release a new show every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, We would love to hear from you. Share your testimony. If God's using this podcast to be a blessing to you, don't keep it to yourself. The best thing you could do would be write a review. That's way we can know who we're reaching, but also other people could also hear what God's doing in your life, okay? And so thank you so much for tuning in to Doing Life with Ken and Tabitha. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.